Chapter 20, verses 1 through 23. Chapter 20. Burkett notes, This and the following chapter give us an account of our Savior's exaltation and victorious triumph over all his enemies by his powerful resurrection. All the four evangelists do confirm the truth of it by recording the several steps and degrees of the manifestation of it. In this chapter, Christ's resurrection is confirmed first to Mary Magdalene, next to Peter and John, and then to all the disciples except Thomas. Verse 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Burkett notes, In this verse is recorded how Mary Magdalene came early to the sepulchre on the first day of the week to anoint the dead body of our Lord Jesus. Where note, that though her heart did burn with an ardent zeal and affection to her crucified Lord, yet the commanded duties of the Sabbath were not omitted by her. She kept close and silently spent that holy day in a mixture of grief and hope. Her example is a good pattern of Sabbath sanctification and worthy of our Christian imitation. Note, too, what magnanimity and courage is found in this weak woman. She followed Christ courageously when his disciples left him cowardly. She accompanied him to his cross. She followed his hearse to the grave when the disciples durst not appear. And now, very early in the morning, she goes to visit his sepulchre, fearing neither the darkness of the night nor the presence of the watchman. Learn hence that courage is a special gift of God, and if he gives it to the feebler sex, even to timorous and fearful women, it is not in the power of man to make them afraid. Verse 2. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Burkett notes, It was a great honor that God put upon this poor woman, Mary Magdalene, that she has the first notice of our Savior's resurrection, and is the first that discovers it to the apostles. But why had not the Virgin Mary, his disconsolate mother, this privilege conferred on her rather than Mary Magdalene, who had been a grievous sinner. Doubtless this was for the comfort of all true penitents and administers great consolation to them. As the angels in heaven rejoice, much more doth Christ joy in the recovery of one repenting sinner than in multitudes of holy and just persons. Such was the Blessed Virgin, who need no repentance. Verses 3-9 through Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, and came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and came first to the sepulchre, and he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloth lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulchre, and seeth the linen cloth lie, and the napkin that was about his head not lying with the linen cloth, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple which came first to the sepulchre, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Burkett notes, Here observe one, how Peter and John, moved with Mary Magdalene's words, they have taken away the Lord, etc., do run to the sepulchre to satisfy themselves in the truth of it. Such as sincerely love Christ, upon the least intimation that he is missing, bestir themselves with great activity and diligence that they may see him or hear of him. 
Peter and John run to the sepulchre to see what was become of their holy master. Observe, too, that there was such a clear evidence about Christ's grave as made it apparent that he was indeed risen from the dead and not conveyed away either by friends or foe. It cannot be supposed that any of his friends, could they have come at it, would have so handled his holy body as to carry it away naked. And as for his foes, had they stolen away the body, they would have never left the fine linen behind. Observe 3. That when Christ rose from the grave, he left his grave clothes behind him. Whereas when Lazarus arose, he came forth with his grave clothes about him. It teaches us that Christ rose never to die more, but to live and reign forever. Therefore he left his grave clothes in the grave, as never to make use of them more. But Lazarus was to die again. Death once more was to have dominion over him. He therefore came forth with his grave clothes about him. Observe lastly how ignorant the apostles were of the doctrine of Christ's resurrection and of the holy scriptures, which declared he was to rise again from the dead. They knew not the scriptures. That is, they did not heed and regard them, ponder them in their hearts, and feed upon them by faith. Verses 10 through 12. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. But Mary stood without the sepulchre, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down, and looked into the sepulchre, and seeth two angels in white, sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Burkett notes, Here we have a description of the great love of Mary Magdalene, which she expresses towards Christ after his resurrection. She went to his sepulchre early, when it was yet dark. She hastily calls the disciples, Peter and John, to the sepulchre. She stays behind, weeping at the sepulchre when they were gone away to their own home. And as Mary first sought him, and longest sought him, so she first found him. Here note 1. Mary's carriage and behavior towards her Savior. That is, that is discovered by her patient attendance. She stood without at the sepulchre. By her passionate mourning, she stood at the sepulchre, weeping. By her unwearied diligence, she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre. Here was great love indeed in this poor woman, a love stronger than death, a love which did outstrip and go beyond the greatest apostles. Learn thence, 1. The true love of Christ suffers not itself to be stinted or limited, no, not by the greatest examples. The weakest woman that truly loves Christ may piously strive with the great apostles in this point, though he be learneder, wiser, more useful, and more eminent than any of us. Yet it is holy and wise not to suffer ourselves to be exceeded by any in our love to Christ. Every Christian may strive to exceed anyone in grace and to attain the highest place in the kingdom of heaven. Learn, too, that strong love is valiant and undaunted. It will grapple and encounter with the strongest opposition. Mary fears nothing in seeking of her Lord, neither the darkness of the night, nor the terror of the soldiers, nor the malice of the Jews, Love is as strong as death, and the flames thereof are vehement. Note farther the success of Mary Magdalene's love to Christ and unwearied attendance on his sepulchre. She found not the dead body of Christ, and it is well she did not, for if death could have held him, it would not have let him go. But though she found not her Lord in the grave, she found two of his servants there, two angels. Of all things in the world, one at least expected to find an angel in the grave, spirits in the place of dead bodies, and immortality in the place of corruption. But from hence we learn 
that such as sincerely seek the Lord shall certainly find, if not the very thing which they seek, yet that which is much fitter and better for them. Mary did not find Christ's dead body, but she finds that which is more comfortable to her to find, namely, two angels, testify that he was risen. Where note the posture of these angels described, the one sitting at the head, the other at the feet. It is a matter of comfort to the members of Christ that angels do not wait upon the head only, but upon the feet also. And it ought to be a matter of imitation also. Let us imitate our blessed Savior in having an angel not at our head only, but at our feet also. Many have an ambition to have an angel at their head, a great measure of light and knowledge there, but they care not for the angel at their feet. They delight not to walk answerably to their light and knowledge. They have an angelic understanding and a diabolical conversation. It's sad for a man to have all his religion in his brain and tongue and nothing in his heart and life.